Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever the fuck time it is, wherever the fuck you are, and welcome back to another episode of Miss Congeniality. Hi guys, something that I've realized from podcasting that I just needed to share in this moment in time is that thing, like, this is going to be such a dumb thought that you're like, are you high? I'm not. So many things happen in a week, like, globally because of the sheer amount of people, like, and I'm not just talking, like, obviously things happen, but I'm saying, like, pop culture moments, like, Emily Ratajkowski and Pete Davidson are spotted, like, sitting courtside, like, there's this, the, the trailer for the Meghan and Harry documentary comes out, and it's, like, all the talk and then there's like the balenciaga scandal of it all which by the way is so fucking horrifying and like what is kim kardashian doing like i know her team didn't i know her team didn't do her that dirty with that stupid fucking notes app apology like girly block ban you're done you're done balenciaga's done but like so many things like the white lotus episode like so many things happen to accumulate a week that i i'm always like writing down in my phone notes like holy shit this happened that happened like we need to discuss this we need to discuss that but we need to start by just saying that this is the most excited I've ever been to share an episode with you guys if you don't know now you know today's guest is Tim Chusano if you don't know who he is he is an incredible TikToker he is a 45 year old living in New York City and every single day he posts his point of view a little very artistic vlog from his day he's really inspiring he works as uh, a creative director a VP at a really large company full time and does TikTok on the side he lives in Brooklyn with his wife and his daughter and he is the most inspiring person on TikTok my favorite person to watch and he agreed to be interviewed by me, which was the craziest thing. I'm so excited for the interview. Um, obviously, we're going to do updates first and talk about White Lotus, but then we're going to get into the interview, and I think you guys will have some really great takeaways from it. He is like, I would say the one thing that is a bit different from online to in-person is that he's a bit more mellow in person, but so is everybody, so am I. Like, I think a lot of people think I'm not as normal as I am, but like, I'm actually pretty mellow. So I think like, I was expecting the Tim from TikTok and that's exactly who he is, but obviously he's just more chill. And I really appreciated that side of him, but we had this wonderful conversation and he's like an absolute genius, but we're going to get there. First and foremost, if you don't want White Lotus spoilers, like, okay, skip. Now, I just finished, I just caught up because I wasn't caught up. And I just have to say, there's something about watching things. Like, I've said this so many times, but I have a problem with watching things like when they're meant to be watched. Like, typically I'll just ignore, like I ignored Euphoria. I ignore all of it until I'm like ready to watch it. So it's always late. And something similar happened with White Lotus. But then now that I'm watching it on time with everybody, like there's something so fun about like sort of the fandom of it all. And like every podcast I listen to recapping episodes and like the tweets and the memes and the TikToks, like it's fun to be a part of something. Honestly, it's like been making me feel so alive to be like a part of something, not to be embarrassing and be like, I feel a part of something every single time I like watch the White Lotus, but I really do. I'm literally loving this season. I fucking love Aubrey Plaza. She could run me over with a car obsessed love Daphne I I'm so into the whole thing now I have seen some conspiracies on TikTok that I want to share with you this did not come from my own brain and they're not even conspiracies they're just like takes on the show so um somebody was talking about how you know there needs to be more diverse characters on the white lotus and then I saw a creator who was a woman of color stitch the video and be like no no no, no you're not understanding white lotus is a satire on white people it's like a farce about whiteness it's like supposed to be making fun of it it's supposed to be a commentary on whiteness and i was like holy fuck 
you're right. I That really hit me because like I think that the most explicit undertone that we're supposed to be taking from season two specifically is like toxic masculinity, right? And I saw another creator who was talking about like the places in which White Lotus takes place all contribute to the theme. So in the first season, they were talking a lot about class and race and it was set in Hawaii during kind of the pandemic times is when it came out when Hawaii was having an issue of white tourism coming in during the pandemic and like endangering the people living there, the native people to Hawaii. So it made a lot of sense for the themes that they were covering. And Italy has a long history of toxic masculinity and misogyny and obviously so do all countries, but like much more heightened. And you can look into the history. That's what this creator was saying. Again, not from my own brain, just relaying them. And so next season is going to have to, whatever the theme, the most like in your face theme that they're trying to get across, it will have to fit into wherever they are located. Because I've seen a lot of people say that it should be at a ski resort, but I feel like it's not going to make sense unless like it fits with whatever the creator of the show is going for. But ultimately, like I am so obsessed with the show. I love thinking about it. I love talking about it. I am like upset that there's only seven episodes. I know they call it like limited series. And in my predictions, I think Aubrey Plaza is going to win an Emmy because she's so good and fierce. I'm like, listen, I support women's wrongs with her. Like if she ended up being the person to murder Theo James and everybody in the whole thing, I would be like, okay, look, there's probably a reason why she did it. I, her fucking husband drives me crazy. Literally drives me insane for so many reasons. I don't even feel like getting into it, but I almost like Theo James better because at least he's like super sexy and fun to look at and like the shit he says is so outrageous that you're just like Jesus Christ but like the husband of Aubrey Plaza it gives me the biggest ick ever and it's just so overwhelming like to me but also something that I really loved is kind of seeing the BTS of it all and like watching sort of their behind the scenes and like how much they love each other and like they've shared a ton of photos everybody says that I look like Beatrice Grano who plays Mia um I definitely see it so that's that on that but yeah I've been literally loving it that's been like the main thing that I've been watching and so invested in and it's so freaking good so the last time we talked was like right before Thanksgiving um and I hope you guys had a very happy holiday it is now December which is so crazy I really enjoyed being home Michigan beat Ohio State it was a beautiful time I left my purse on the plane but I still got it back karma is a god as they say um so my holidays was really good not much to report i did get sick which was shitty and now i'm still like recovering but luckily feel pretty recovered i saw hades town last night which was amazing that was like my first outing of being back in new york city i'm back in action and tonight i'm going to a little gossip girl premiere event which i'm really excited for i love gossip girl i don't talk about it enough i watched it all the way through in high school and then all the way through for a second time in college and i think after my gilmore girls rewatch i might jump into gossip girl um so loving that loving that moment for myself and i am just prepping to leave um new york city because i am turning in my book on sunday and i decided to treat myself really randomly and booked a flight to Paris and while I'm there I'm also going to go to London so I'm really excited for that I love to travel I'm kind of nervous to travel alone I've never flown alone to a foreign country but we'll take you through the journey and if you have any wrecks um please share I think I think no promises I'm going to try to do a meetup in London but I don't know how many of you will be there because it's um 
definitely edging close to the holidays. And then I come back and then I go home. So there's a lot going on, a lot to get done this week. Obviously finishing the book. I don't have like too many feelings on it. I did want to say, I'm not sure if I addressed the strike on here or just on Instagram and TikTok, but just to reiterate, HarperCollins employees are striking for fair living wages. If you don't know, their starting salary comes in around like $42,000 pre-tax in New York City, not livable. Um, So they're looking to, I believe find resolution around 50 grand a year which is not much to ask obviously as I've said I stand by my editor I stand by the union I was told when my editor started to strike that I should be finishing the book and just stay on track and I there's nothing else needed for me and so that's what I'm doing um that's what I've been doing hopefully they reach a resolution soon I believe fingers crossed hopefully um they will but you know I will just continue to stand by her and continue working on the book my agents say they don't think there's going to be any delays. So we are still going to have that book to you guys in your hands by late September, early October. Fingers crossed, God willing. Um, and I'm taking my author photo tomorrow. So there's actually so much going on. Everything is happening, but it's awesome. I just packed my suitcase because I had to bring a ton of different shirts and looks. My author photographer is so incredibly fucking horrendously, like disgustingly talented. And he photographed Toni Morrison. He photographed Joan Didion in one of her last living portraits. He's photographed the president, the first lady, Hillary Clinton, like Oprah. It's crazy. I wanted to be photographed by someone who came face to face with Joan Didion and Toni Morrison if possible because they're two of my favorite female writers ever. And I reached out to him. My mom was like, he's never going to say yes. And he said yes. So I'm really excited, a little nervous, but it's going to be great. We have to assume the best, not the worst. Otherwise, it's a shit show. You know what I mean? The one other thing that I wanted to say, well, I was going to go through my in and outs for December, but like I feel like it's going to take too long. I do want to stand up for the fact that I put soup on the outlist, and here's why. Soup nauseates me to no end. Reason being, my thyroid problems make my body temperature impossible to regulate. So if I get cold, I stay freezing forever. If I get hot, I stay hot forever. So I'm always trying to like make sure that I'm like a good temperature. And soup makes me so fucking hot. It makes me nauseous and I don't like it. So it's on the outlist. And listen, you don't have to agree with me. That's what this is all about. Just creating a discourse. Um, That was one of the contested ones. I also put Ohio on the outlist because we beat them. But I think people didn't realize... um, that that's why it was there like it's a go blue situation like I don't villainize Ohio never been there I'm sure it's a nice place um other than that not much to report on the in and out list I did want to share though for Spotify wrapped my wrapped was exactly what we thought it was going to be number one artist Taylor Swift number two artist Glee cast number three artist Lady Gaga number four Beyonce number five Harry Styles which I don't even know how he made the number five I don't even listen to his new album I I really am more of a debut for him but I don't I did not think I listened to that much of it this year, but I guess he came in as number five. My top songs were You, the Ben Platt cover, You and I, the Ben Platt cover from the Lady Gaga Born This Way Reimagined, and then You Live by Miley Cyrus. Um, And then the third one was from Greece, and I think that really makes it my personality. But the really cool thing that I found out today is that my podcast, this podcast, our podcast, was in the top 1% most shared podcasts globally. Out of over 3 million podcasts on Spotify, it's a top 200 podcast um it saw 99 999% more streams and 996% more listeners um it has 20,865 fans who my podcast ranks in the top 10 for them nearly 15,000 fans I'm a top five podcast and nearly 4,000 fans I'm a number one podcast for and 
it was listened to in 111 countries, which please, where are you guys? Like, I need to know when you're listening to this, tell me, like, remember to DM me because 111 is hard to wrap my head around. But the top five were number one, US, number two, Canada, number three, UK, number four, Australia. Good eye, mate. And number five, Germany. Um, I'm trying to think of a German word. Guten Tag, is that German? What? Is, mm, huh. I don't know any German. Maybe somebody that's German that's listening to this in Germany can teach me. That would be wonderful. I've never been to Germany. That's actually a lie. I was there for a layover in Germany um, one time. And yeah, nothing major to report. I think I had some schnitzel. I think we had a beer. And then I think we went on our way um, to Italy. So that's that was my one time in Germany. But alas, really cool, really exciting stuff. Thank you very much for all the support and love. I'm going to continue to keep making podcasts with you guys because that was incredible to read. But you're all here today to listen to Tim, not me. Um, I'm going to put in the little synopsis of today's episode that Tim starts around 14 minutes so that people don't get like, who are you? Anyway, I love you guys very much. I thank you for listening and please enjoy this fantastic, amazing, wonderful, literally wonderful interview with the Tim Chisano of TikToks, most beloved TikTokers, especially for me. I am so grateful to have him here and as always, shoot me a DM if you need anything and let's get into the interview. Okay, Tim, I'm going to try something, but I might need you to help me out. Okay. POV, this is a really wild Tuesday in your 20s. How did I do? <laughs> that was great. Do you know how many times I fumble over that? I no re- way. I recut this morning's tw- at least twice. I probably rewrote and I don't really write very much of my stuff. It oh, is you just, just do it. I just do it, which can be frustrating, can be really fun because it just happens. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll play it back, especially like after I do all the clips and I start to throw it back. I'm like, that was fucking, is it okay if I curse? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that was, <laughs> That's all good. That was, that was super weird. Like, what, what in the world are you thinking? Like, why did you say that? And so this morning, something I'll post probably when I leave here. I was like, I don't know if that's any good and I'll overthink it. But then it gets to a point where I just have to shut off my brain and be like, okay, if yeah. I overthink it, it's not going to get out the door. So just get it out the door. Well, you've been on a roll lately. I have noticed because like when I started following you, I think I had seen a lot of your stuff. But then like marathon training because I'm a runner, mm-hmm. it started to like really occur on my For You page. And I like absolutely was obsessed with your New York marathon videos. And then I became really obsessed with all your videos. But I've noticed lately like two things. The first being that like it's so consistent, which is so exciting for all your fans because like we all want new stuff. But also like you've been really like doing the whole loop thing a little differently and like starting at different points in your day. It's so creative. <laughs> Thank you. It's so much fun. That's that's the main motivating factor right now. The encouragement and support that I get from my wife and just how much fun this is because if it's not if it wasn't this much fun, there is no good reason for a 45-year-old dude to be doing this on top of everything else yeah. just for the sake of as you I'm sure you know like TikTok is not exactly a monetization platform, right? Yeah. So there's nothing in this other than for love of the game so to yeah. speak. So it is purely for the chase of really enjoying the process and just wanting to be able to extract the things from my brain as quickly as I can. So when I see the hot dog cart on the way home and I'm like, 
cool. If I do a push into this, like that could be hilarious based off of something that I saw four hours ago and I can tie those two things together. My God, I hope I remember this when I get home and then see if I can actually then recreate that feeling the next morning when so many other things have happened in between and just get it out of my head. And then because it's like it, it's like there's a log jam of thoughts and ideas on a conveyor belt somewhere in my brain. And it, if I don't get them out, then like the whole machine stops. Sure. Because they just start to spill off and they're not going yeah. anywhere. So they basically die on the vine. So being able to do it with such consistency is is almost cathartic for me to a certain extent. Well, I think it's a really good thing to hear because sometimes I struggle with this, that like some days I'm entertaining people at the expense of like my mental health. And I'm sure you've gone through this as well. Mm -hmm. And it like kind of gives me so much anxiety, but like to hear that it brings you so much joy and it's a cathartic release is really great because I think for a lot of us watching your stuff is a cathartic release, like Mm. pretty much like at least three times a week, I will like my boyfriend works late and I'll be in bed and I'll like take a little gummy. I'll like get in my vibes, like de-stress and then I will watch all of your videos. Like I've seen them all. I will be crying. I'll get back to the grief videos. Mm-hmm. I will literally watch them all. And he will come into bed two hours later and be like, are you still watching Tim? <laughs> He'll be like, you have been watching Tim for two hours. You do this all the time. And I'm like, but there's something really cathartic in your content for me. And so it's really nice to hear that like when I watch the past six months of your videos, I can know that it was cathartic for you to make them. Mm-hmm. It, cathartic and overly real too. And I say overly because of how much I make myself cringe. Yeah. But I'm okay with it, right? Like to a certain extent, you have to be okay with that, that something feels good in the moment. And then by the time, literally within seconds of actually clicking post, you're like, fuck, that was so weird. Or, you know, you're thinking of the variables because my my dad follows, but also I know people at work follow. And then I know yeah. that like the, and the audience is so vast. I'm like, who am I talking to? If I talk to it, so you, the headspace can be very difficult, Yeah. but I just keep coming back to, is it fun? Is my wife supporting it? And can I make one more? And that's I really all that. I think about is I don't have to think about anything more than, do I want to do one more today? Am I set up to do one more today? And do I? And then other than that, it's, you know, there's no like, oh shit, by January, I have to do blank. It's just, can I do one more today? Cool. And it literally feels like I started and all of this time has passed. And I remember it was like a month ago, maybe I saw the data that said how many posts I had, which is like a thousand at this point. I'm like, Jesus Christ, what have you been doing? You made a thousand TikToks? (laughs) The fuck? This is insane. But it's crazy. It's it's just because it's fun. I love it. Okay. Well, my first question that I always like to ask my guests is, what is your fatal flaw? And to give you an example, my listeners know that my fatal flaw is that I have social anxiety. So I cancel plans all the fucking time. (laughs) But then what will happen is I'll reschedule them. And then on the day I reschedule them, some tragedy will happen. I will be sick. Something bad will happen to me and I'll have to actually cancel them. And it's like, if you had just gone the first time, the second thing would have happened. That's my fatal flaw. And I've decided that I don't even want to work on it. Like it's a fatal flaw that I have made peace with mm-hmm. existing in my body. What is your fatal flaw? God, there's a few of them. Uh, you know, f- there are. I'm not. I'm not great with difficult conversations. I can be extraordinarily direct and blunt, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I err on the side of nice too much. That might be okay. it. Where. I would rather have somebody walk away with a better feeling from that situation, even if I'm putting myself in a bad spot, 
just because that felt like the right thing to do versus, and I'm trying to work on this consistently and I, I'm, you know, especially considering what I do for a living, I need to be really good at the the idea of radical candor, right? The ability to just provide ongoing feedback and have it be direct and have it be actionable. But then at the same time too, I'm like, oh, cool. This conversation is going well. I don't want to drop that thing in. And whether it's at work or like in personal situations, I probably err on the side of just wanting this, the moment to continue to feel right versus then having to kind of layer in some piece of feedback or bad news, et cetera. So I, I'm, I think I'm cool with that answer as being yeah. my fatal flaw, but I have a lot of flaws. Like, I, And I know – and I've seen some of the feedback and some of the questions about things that I do that come across as being like, you have so many good days. Like, don't you have any bad days? There's a shitload of bad moments throughout the course of a day. I just choose to see kind of like the holistic picture. And I'm also very extreme in that regard where it's like – if I'm not running from a rocket in Kiev, then today was a good day. Yeah. So anyway, fatal flaw is probably um, I try too hard to be nice and for everybody to feel good in any given moment. Yeah. I think that what you just said is really interesting about that critique because what I find to be comforting about your content specifically is that I think it marries like the inspirational and the aspirational and sort of this like beautiful view of life with like also this sort of like almost doomsday, bittersweet, like repetitive routine and like when it comes together like you're watching this person like just spend another day waiting for death's door that's what we all do and i think like it makes me feel so oddly comfortable because i'm like this is neither happy nor sad it just is Mm -hmm. and i'm wondering like how do you sort of bridge those two together i'm sure you know that because a lot of people also talk about that they're Mm -hmm. like i feel like i'm watching someone just like die slowly but also i'm watching someone live so freely like do you think about that absolutely i think about the routine and how repetitive it might get on the other side of the screen room like i'm just waiting for the subway again but i'm cool with it yeah i legitimately wake up i'm like great i get another tuesday and it's not because like i've never had a specific i mean my appendix ruptured and but i've outside of that i've never had like a very specific near-death experience It's just, you know, I, I, my dad had stage four melanoma when I was in my early 20s. I think that had an impact on me. He survived like a very miraculous uh, survival. You know, for those that have been following through the summer, they know that I lost a friend who was very close to a new, mm-hmm. new since third grade. So that certainly had an impact. But I think that if you go even way back into stuff that I was posting on Instagram five, seven years ago, you're going to see this consistent pattern of just like appreciation of detail and the nuances that make life fun, in my yeah. humble opinion. Because you're right, like every day you are obviously like the clock is ticking only one way. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I've always had the mentality of why would I not just find joy in the mundane? Because it's there and yeah. it's going to make – and if I'm if my brain is wired in a way that's going to make me curious and think about that thing. And I think it's also because of my insecurities that I've been able to, to really see the best in everything. Like – the people say, you know, these the stairwell's stupid. Like, what if I'm like, I'm not an architect. I'm I'm not a structural engineer. Yeah. How the fuck I would do that differently? So yeah. <laughs> why would I be like, that's cool? I can't believe somebody was smart enough to build a subway station here 70 years ago yeah. when there was like, you know, that much more difficult to do all this shit. So, yeah. um, it's I I understand that. I like the pattern. I try to be mindful of that so that the details of how I'm threading it together can evolve without it becoming jarring or being all over the map. Yeah. 
But it's also, again, very real in that, like, I'm not going to just force some sort of narrative into a random ass Wednesday just because it's like, I want to do this today. Yeah. There's And there's so many layers that I'm not talking about. Like, yeah. there are stories upon stories upon stories that are just not appropriate because I'm not going to start to, you know, be gossipy about work or I'm not going to tell, like, historic stories about the office place too much that are yeah. just going to be inappropriate considering what I do and that I've got a large group of people that... I'm fortunate enough to have as, you know, people on my team. Yeah. So if nothing else, I'm like letting stuff sit there and just kind of going for the very kind of like top layer of things. Yeah. Um, but that's also life too. Like no one's going to have such miraculously different days on such a consistent basis. Yeah. And if you can find a pattern and routine that you enjoy, like God bless and get into it because it's not, it's not bad. It's not like the, you know, it's not the way that I think a lot of younger people perceive like, fuck, all of a sudden I'm going to be stuck in this, you know, nine to five and it's going to be like this clockwork pattern. Yeah. Um, you can refine it and you can find the things you actually, actually enjoy. And then the more you get to do them and then the better they get and then the better you get at refining those. Yeah. It it becomes self-sustainable and uh, hopefully walking away from the conversation, this being the first time we've met in person, like you will say like, oh no, he is real. Like that is legit. He's not just coming up with some sort of like, theme just because it seems to play well on TikTok. Like yeah. this is just legitimately who I am and how my brain works. Yeah. I think I do notice that in your content. Like I've always felt like you're very real. And I think that there's this thing of like the social media highlight reel, right? Everybody talks about it. And I try to like stray away from it as much as I can. And I think it becomes like, I post a lot, especially on Instagram because like people want to see my life. So I'm just going to tell you how it is. Like, I'm literally going to show you when the heel breaks off my shoe. Like I'm going to show you all those pieces. And I feel like your content is the opposite of a highlight reel, but we can all pick out the highlights like mm -hmm. we know oh when you went on this trip and like we know when you visited your friends for the weekend and we know when you ran the marathon like mm -hmm. those are life highlights but it's just a real it's like your real life yeah and i love that thank you i mean in the and it, it would be amazing i would love to do this at some point or like figure out a way to bring this to life the characters in my life that i can't talk about that much because it would just be weird to and, you know, start to thread in people and base that off conversations and meetings because then people can start to be like, oh, well, why did he meet with that person that day? And it's, you know, especially yeah. in the workplace, it can get very complicated. But that's where the really good shit is because there can be like a horrible meeting that is just like bad and things are off the rails. And then it can be like this amazing thing where this project starts to gain steam or whatever the case may be. And I can't get to that yet. So yeah. I appreciate that based on what I am able to extract, that it still seems to do as well as it does. Because there's yeah. some days where I'm like, I feel like I'm fighting with one hand tied behind my back because like the shit that I could do or that I'd want to focus on that feel like it's the next evolution of like the office TV show or something yeah. else. Where, like there's super interesting people and they're all amazing in their own right. But they're also interesting too because we're all just weird human beings in general. Yeah. Um, I would love to get to that place at some point, but I have no idea how to do that quite yet. So That's I'll just so keep doing what I'm doing. Well, we spoke a little bit to this, but like you seem like a really happy person. And I know nobody is like 100% happy, but I think like something that like really speaks to me is that I had this moment when I was in college where I was like, wow, I'm spending every single day all my waking hours, just like criticizing myself and hating myself. Like that's so depressing. And that's where I think I really got into like a jive, like how you are, where I just like choose joy over that. Cause mm -hmm. I was like, that's pathetic. Like there are things I could want to change about myself, but what 
is spending 12 hours hating myself doing? What is it accomplishing? So I'm curious, like, what is your key to happiness? And like, how are you so joyous? And how do you choose joy? It's, it's, uh, I'm trying to not use like catchphrases and have them be like too linked to me, but it's, it's addiction to appreciation is, is really the way that I've been able to summarize it in a way that I think resonates. Yeah. There are, I, 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 there are so many things I could talk about on this topic. When I go, when I get out of bed and I'm like, okay, cool. Everything feels good. Like I'm not in pain. I can walk around. Like those are boxes to check and it might not be like consciously checking them every single morning, but there's a realization that it is good to wake up happy and healthy and be like, cool. Like, what are we going to do? Yeah. When I go out and especially before I started marathon training, when like walking was something I did every single day at almost the same exact time. And I would see my friend Noel and I forget like at what point this hit me. I think it was when I had a very, very toxic work environment between like 2015-ish to 2000, maybe 18, 19. And I was really struggling with like, what is my place in the corporate America? Why am I doing this in general? And I remember one morning walking past and seeing the inevitable person pulling uh, cans out of the garbage can. Yeah. I was like, I don't have to do that today. Like, yeah. I don't have to do that today to figure out how to get money to go feed my family, to do whatever. I'm going to be okay. Like, it's my choice as to whether or not I'm going to then go into the rest of the day and be like, fuck it. I'm going to be the happy-go-lucky asshole here because you know what? I don't have to pick – and so everyone else, you can be – you know, shitheads in your own regard, but I'm not choosing that. Yeah. I And I've got multiple specific moments where like I saw a picture from Syria in like 2017 and this dude that looked like he was my age was running through the streets with a girl that was about my daughter's age. Yeah. And they were covered in dust running from a fucking rocket. I'm like, I don't have to do that. Exactly. Like, so I'm on a, I'm on a subway and yes, the subway might stop and there might be somebody smelly or there might be something other happening or like I might walk in and my boss might be a fucking lunatic today, but I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not running from a rocket. So it's difficult for people to extract themselves from a moment and things that are really getting them down. But there's, there will come a time where there's the realization of choice that you mentioned. When I was at ESPN, they brought somebody in to have a conversation because like sales team and marketing team were getting along. And the guy gave that same speech. Like you always have a choice. And he told a story about how somebody in the back of the room once stood up and was like, fuck you. We don't always have choices. I was drafted to go to Vietnam. I had to go to Vietnam. Like that was the government telling me I put a, put a gun in my hand and I killed people. Like I didn't have a choice there. And halfway through him saying this, he stopped and he's like, holy fuck, I did have a choice. I mean, I've liked my choices. I mean, I've liked the fact that instead of getting drafted, I could have gone to Canada or I could have chosen to go to jail. But like we we always have choices. It's not quite that simple, but I think that general mindset of like, it, do I, why am I choosing to dwell on this one specific thing and let this thing then dictate the rest of my day versus, okay, am I going to do something about it or no? If yes, then what? And just kind of go through it in a bit of a practical way. And I and I do probably to a fault look at like the whole planet and think, where am I out of the 8 billion? And how does that kind of scale up to everybody else? And if it's as good as it is, then like, fuck it, I'm going to go enjoy it because yeah. this is the only chance that I get for this one day ever. And I don't care how weird that sounds. Like, I'm just going to go have fun and do everything that I possibly can to get the most out of it. Yeah, I think I also read some stat that was like, if you live to the average age, you only get like less than a little bit less than 5,000 Fridays. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like sitting in my senior college house, like just like I am the epitome of privilege. Like I come from such a great family background. Mm -hmm. I'm a white girl. Like I've always had every opportunity provided to me. And I think I was just like being sad and depressed because like I didn't like how my jeans fit and the boy I liked wasn't calling me. Mm -hmm. And that's valid. Like you can drown in an ocean, you can drown in a puddle, like you can Mm -hmm. be sad. But then I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like this is one of my 5,000 Fridays. Like I want to go on a run. I want to go have fun. I want to have dinner with my best friend and like look at her face because like this is the youngest we'll ever be. Like I had this realization that like my jeans not fitting and that stupid guy, like who the fuck cares about that? Yeah. Um, but you mentioned uh, waking up at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. just a minute ago. I want to talk about that. 402. Yeah. Do, like a lot of people were like, does he sleep? And my boyfriend was trying to calculate this. He was like, okay, if Tim goes to bed at 10, he's like, there's no way he sleeps. He doesn't sleep. Yeah. Do you sleep? My dad doesn't really sleep. So like I'm used to like no sleepers. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you get up at 402 a.m. every single day? Like, let's talk about it. So here's here's the full, here's the full pattern. So I'm diagnosed insomniac. Going back five, six, seven years, something along those lines. For a while, I was falling asleep at maybe 11 and waking up at 1, 1 every single night. And it would just be the same pattern over and over and over again. Talked to a doctor. They prescribed pretty like generic, very, you know, easygoing, nothing too hard and tried it. Didn't work. So I tried a couple pills. I'm like, all right, this doesn't work. Fuck it. This just is the way it is. Yeah. Uh, and I got to a point where I'm like, okay, this is bad. This has been two years or so in a row of it being basically this general pattern with very few exceptions. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I, I say this out loud because there, A, there needs to be part of me that's more and more comfortable just basically saying like, here's the real truth. I don't care if it sounds better if I just come up with some sort yeah. of other story. Um, but also from a helpfulness perspective. Um, so I prescribed Ambien, take Ambien every night. Yeah. Like it's. I won't sleep otherwise. So yeah. I could easily be a no sleeper, but it's bad and it's not fun and it's not healthy. So I know yeah. that my health, and I've, I also need to caveat this to say everything that I do and that I share is just simply for sharing for the sake of sharing. So that if somebody sees something, they're like, oh, that's interesting. Let me try that one little piece. But the whole recipe, I would not prescribe to anybody <laughs> in any situation. It's like, one of the things I usually ask when people are like, well, how do you get up at four? I'm like, well, tell me why you want to get up earlier. What yeah. are you going to do with the time? Because I have a kid and I've got a wife and I've got a job at a big ass company and 240 people on my team that probably need something from me. Like I, I actually need the time yeah. and the time is never wasted. It's why I don't, unfortunately, like I put a lot of other hobbies to the side to do what I want to do right now. Yeah. So I need, I need the time. So I take my pill about 9.30-ish, pass out pretty quickly. And when the alarm goes off, it, there's no hesitation. Like a lot of people are like, well, aren't you groggy in the morning? No. I mean, like, I, you know, first thing I do is I go downstairs and I drink a big glass of minted health pre-workout. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's, it, is the, it is the realization of, okay, cool, we get to do this again. Literally feel that way every single day that I jump out of bed. And the anticipation of what I can do with the time because I can see the output where it's like, okay, yes, it looks insane on a case-by-case basis. Like, why the fuck are you opening your laptop on the subway? Like, give yourself some time back. And it's like, no, well, if I put 10 minutes into, like last night I was on my way home. Like, if I spend 10 minutes right now compiling the agenda for my one-on-one with my boss tomorrow, then after dinner, I'll have that 10 minutes back when I'm usually doing that so I can do a rough cut. So, 
the the answer to how do you wake up at four o'clock every morning is more in the what do you want to do with your time? Yeah. Because there is no like, you know, and especially for those younger that may not necessarily need it. I couldn't imagine doing this back in the day if there wasn't something specific. Like I'd wake up and be like, all right, what am I going to do now? Yeah. A, a, a smart, I think a smart way to wrap your head around, okay, I want more time. I want to be able to wake up earlier. I want to be able to do more things. Wake up, start with like a half hour. I always tell people that. And, 10 minutes. So, and, and here's what, yeah. And but and here's the thing that I'd layer in. I'd be curious to your thought with that being your recommendation. Split the time in between selfless and selfish. Mm. So if it's a half hour, spend 15 minutes just getting back to people. Like what are the emails that you've neglected? What is something that you could do at work that somebody else is going to appreciate? Be truly selfless with that time. And then the other 15 minutes, fuck around. Yeah. Online shop, you know, make some content, do God knows what. Then you'll be like, okay, cool. Like I got these things done. I also didn't feel like I was just serving somebody else. And I also don't feel like I just woke up and did this thing. If you have a hobby or passion. So I think the, I think that's a good approach to it is just why do you want to do it? What are you looking to do? And if you're like, I don't know, I just want to get up early. Then be like, cool, we'll start in small increments, split the time into those two buckets and then see how it goes. And then maybe add more time and be like, fuck it, I'd rather sleep in. That's really good advice. I think when people come to me with the get up early question, because I get up at like 7.38, so it's like not that early, but sometimes it's seven, between the hour of seven and eight, sometimes earlier if I take a workout class, but I'm just like generally an early riser. I don't like sleeping in. Like mm-hmm. on the weekends, like I don't sleep in. I don't like to do it. It's just not my thing. So I get a lot of questions about like, how do I get up earlier? And I think it's a lot of people, especially my generation that suffer from like depression and anxiety and like yep. just struggle getting up early. So I'll always say like, if you get up at 9.30 every day and like you are really want to kick that habit, you do not set an alarm for 6 a.m. No. You're literally going to hate your life and then you're going to yep. be walking around your house for four hours depressed. Yes. Like set an alarm for 9 o'clock, mm-hmm. 9.15. And I always say go to bed happy to wake up happy. So like plan out the morning. Like I clean my room at night. I like to like do my skincare. I like to like, get in bed. I like my clean sheets. I like to have like my matching pajama set. Cause then I wake up in the morning and I'm like waking up into a fresh environment mm-hmm. where I don't feel like crusty, like those little things. Yep. But that's kind of what similar to you. That's like the advice that I impart on people. Cause I think it's just like not realistic to just five hours earlier than usual. Like yeah. you don't even know what you're going to do then. Right. I would actually, com- I would say a good recipe would be combining your recommendation and mine, which is set yourself up to have a good morning by doing those little things ahead of time. Yeah. So like I, I'll set my glass out and like everything is basically prepped for me in the morning. So I have totally brainless. I could literally have a bucket with my workout stuff in it Yeah. so that I could just grab it out of my closet and then walk downstairs Set set yourself up for a good morning and then divide, like based off that time, extra time you wake up, break it up into those two buckets. And if it works, cool. Um, and if not, then I don't know. Yeah. Look, <laughs> look for something else to potentially improve because yeah. not everybody has to wake up super early. Yeah. Um, well, given your routine, everyone, the listeners, they really wanted to know about Kelly a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to know... Firstly, like how you balance your priorities with your daughter and Kelly and also like your friends and work and TikTok. Um, And then I want to get more into like marriage and, you know, how you guys met and how you knew she was the one. But I guess priority balancing, everyone wants to know, like, I think in your 20s, because that's the listeners are for the most part between the ages of 18 and 35. Mm -hmm. So when you're in your 20s and you like move to a city and all of a sudden like you get into a 
kind of serious relationship and your friends are different and you're trying to figure out hobbies and your work and people are like, I don't know how to, pri- I don't know how to balance these priorities. How do you do it? Cause like you have a lot of shit going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's it's different at this age because you've I have it I have it easier I would say because I've you know I've gone through all of the awkward phases already yeah. of trying to figure it out and then getting into a pretty good groove. If you're in that demo, if you're struggling with this right now, I you have to I think you have to prioritize yourself, right? Mm-hmm. If you're spreading yourself too thin. If you feel like you're holding back from things that you want to do, it's not going to end. I don't think it's going to end well. I think you're going to end up regretting or you're going to end up resenting whatever that situation is that's making you feel like you're spread too thin. When Kelly and I realized that after dinner, if I was having anxiety about work the next day and I felt like I was forcing myself into watching a show or doing something else, or I'm like, I would actually feel a lot better if I was catching up and preparing for tomorrow and her understanding that yes you're going to be a happier person if you do these things that wasn't like a us getting further apart that was us getting actually closer so that when we are present and we are together we are very 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 present and together and there's a high level of awareness as to if she needs to go for a long run i'm not going to be like well don't you want to do blank with me that's selfish on my part. So that mm. like critical core element of encouragement, and you're not if you're not getting that from whatever situation you're in, you you need to ask yourself that question. Like, am I actually being encouraged to do the things that I want to do? Because the prioritization should be how what's going to make you happy. Mm. And then if you're not getting the encouragement from the variables in your life that are making that an actual thing that is tangible and something that you can get after then you're probably setting yourself up to be in just a weird situation or you're going to have to come to one of those like, uh, this isn't working out, it's not you, it's me, et cetera. And that can be work, that can be relationship. If you start there at kind of like the core question of what is actually going to make me happy, then it'll be easier because you'll be like, it's a no-brainer that I want to go to this dinner tonight with these people and do these things. And yes, that means that I'm making these other sacrifices, but I'll come back to get those things. I think it becomes a lot more clear. You, it's very easy. And I was definitely in this situation for a long, long time where you're just like trying to appease everybody too much. Yeah. And then you're like, fuck it. This is, this is, I'm not happy. So like, what does it matter if I actually show up at this thing or do this other thing? Yeah. And becoming comfortable with that. Like that's where people go from being the person that says, oh, you know, I really didn't want to drink last night and I ended up having like four glasses or whatever to... Uh, and then be like, I felt like shit today. And then it kind of spirals and I had like four or five shitty days in a row to, I felt awkward being like, no, I just want a seltzer. And then by the third or fourth time that I went out with those friends and they kind of like, were like, oh, we just ordered you a seltzer. And you're like, this is happy. Yeah. This is works easy. because they kind of encouraged me to make that decision that I once got made fun of. Yeah. And there's a shit, there's a ton of layers to that. So Start with like what it, truly what is going to make you happy, and yeah. are the variables in your life helping encourage towards that? Uh, and if they're not, then you might have some difficult conversations to have. But don't let too much time slip where you're not asking that core question because that can make a huge difference between yeah. finding what is going to be fulfilling for you and what's actually going to set you on fire every day in a good way, versus the stuff where you're just like, oh, I'm just having my ass dragged around by everything else in life. Yeah, I love that. So on the topic of Kelly, before we started recording, we were talking about her because I just think she's 
everything of the sort. Small business owner, mm-hmm. gorgeous, fit as hell. Like, she just seems such a badass. Like, everybody wants to know how you knew she was the one. What was the proposal like? How did you know, like, I want to marry you? Uh-huh. And kind of like, how do you keep that spark alive? Because I think a lot of people in my generation really fear like long-term commitment. Yeah. It was a very fast turnaround. So we met each other. We were, it was seven months from first day to wedding day. Oh my God. That's crazy. There was was an immediate attraction where I, I distinctly remember we met in Las Vegas. I was working for ABC Sports at the time. So was she. She was the new stage manager. I was felt like garbage coming back from Dublin within like 12 hours of meeting her. Um, weird story that had to do with snuff. <laughs> For any listeners out there, if you're ever in Dublin, Ireland, someone's like, hey, you coming down with a cold to try some snuff? Answer is no. Don't have it. Yeah. Uh, the the So she walks in the trailer and I distinctly remember being like, fuck, I did not like I knew she was coming. I knew we had a new hire, but she technically reported into me. I'm like, I'm immediately attracted to her. This is this yeah. shouldn't be this way. That night, she called me to hang out, and I was feeling like garbage. And I had this very awkward response of like, I'm not feeling very well, but if you want to come down to my room, that's cool. And I was like, Oh, I didn't mean it. Th- I didn't say this, but I was like, Oh, that sounded terrible. And she's like, Uh, no, I'll see you tomorrow. And I was like, Oh, this You're is like, a terrible it. start. Yeah. Next night, we end up going out like a group of us go out and like the, the whole time there's just it there's a very obvious like eye contact the whole nine oh, like I love there's it. yeah um and i mean it was literally within like 36 hours that it went from like oh hi this is awkward to like we just kind of have to be together on a pretty consistent basis and there's without question a very serious chemistry on all levels then we traveled together for like, let's see, October, November, December, January. So for like several months in a row, we were like traveling together for work. And that led to us being able to uncover multiple layers, right? Like if you're traveling with somebody, you're yeah. immediately going to know them at a much more intimate level than just like, okay, cool, see you tomorrow. Or maybe I'll see you in a couple of days. It's like, no, I'll see you at work tomorrow. And then I'll see you back at the hotel. And then I'll see you work again tomorrow. Yeah. Just because that was the nature of what we were doing for ABC Sports. And- it was it, the encouragement piece was there immediately. I didn't know it. I would not have been able to describe it that way back in the day. And there was there were just these untangible, like inexplicable qualities that made us feel like, okay, this needs to happen across the board. And it really was seven months from that first day. We actually we tried to elope within five months, but the courts were closed the day. We we're in San Diego. And we're like, we're going to go get married today. Her mom was in Afghanistan. And her mom was like, uh, "Can I at least get back from Iraq, or uh, can I at least get back and <laughs> and meet you in person um, before oh you, before you marry my daughter?" Uh, and now it's been seventeen years, which is absolutely wild to say oh out loud God. because um, you're just like, "Wow, that's a long period of time." Why? Yeah. How do you keep the spark alive? How do you keep the spark alive? It's you, you letting it be very natural. I think is key. The ability to be like totally ridiculous on a consistent basis, I think, is incredibly important. Yeah. The ability to really treat each other like boyfriend girlfriend to a certain extent, where you want to take, you want to take those moments where you're able to just like grab her in the closet and make out for a second and yeah. like be like, oh, your parents are downstairs, or um, <laughs> you know, have you know those types of moments still and. I'm I'm very lucky because she 
she does, she brings so much to the table with either just being in a good mood. Like when she comes downstairs in the morning and, and she's been waking up early and earlier too, just because of everything that she has going on in her world. And she comes in and she's in like a genuinely good mood and like we're kind of talking to each other, you know, a bit silly and we're planning out the day. And there's been something about the excitement of where all this is going and the fact that TikTok became a thing that also has helped us. So it's, I can't overemphasize the encouragement enough. Do dedicate time to make sure that you're going on date nights that you're Mm -hmm. actually spending and be able to get into those like deeper conversations as to like, what was the most interesting thing that you saw on the internet today? Or like those things where you probably would be more comfortable talking to your best friend about it because you're like, "Ah, I don't, you know, I've seen those relationships where people are like, I just treat this like a marriage because that's how I have always been taught to treat it versus this truly is my best friend. Therefore, I need to be open and honest and candid and say all the ridiculous shit and then also be able to ask those types of questions like, you know, just what did you see today that was interesting, but asking in a much, you know, sillier way and, you know, and sometimes, you know, a bit of crude ways just because you're like, you've known each other for 17 years. So you can kind of like go down those roads um, and let that be, and let that be consistent and be okay with being happy. I think some people are like not okay with being happy on a consistent Mm. basis as though that means like something is kind of like run its course or like it's just becomes monotonous. It is okay to actually be happy all the time. So there's sometimes where she'll like come in during snack hour. Snack hour. And she's and she's like and she'll come in singing, like literally singing. And I can feel myself being kind of like the the tight ass. It's like, you know, I'm in the middle of a sentence like, or something oh that's God, like really yeah. not actually important. And I'm like and I'm like and I'm like, that's fucking amazing that you come in here and like we've done this hundreds, thousands of times, and you come in singing and you're like in this mood and you're so bright and bubbly and be willing to accept that, right? Because yeah. if you chose this person, you're choosing those things. And if you embrace it, because then that's me encouraging her in return to be like, I welcome this yeah. because that is positive energy. So if I encourage you for the positive energy, even if I'm in the moment being like, fuck, I just need to get through this email and I lost my place now, you you have to put that stuff aside, encourage like the big things, like what are your life goals, what are your aspirations, but also encourage just the silly moments. Because if you can encourage those or let them happen and be able to like, it, sometimes you have to force yourself in the brain a little bit, be like, I need to accept this. And I need to be like, this is fun because it's positive and let yeah. me inject that. Um, and then it can become magic where it just, it does feel surreal to a certain extent where like, I, I'm not saying this for the sake of like emphasizing the question, but when you do these things, we will lay in bed at night and she will say to me, I can't believe we got to do this again today. Oh, and like so how sweet. how amazing is that? Like I'm yeah. and so so, and and in some cases you could be like, okay, great, like just cheesy talk, but no, like I, it, that will sink in. And yeah. I'm like, how lucky am I to hear somebody say that? And then it becomes like more of a virtuous cycle to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And neither of us will say like, hey, we were so smart about this, or like we studied this shit, and like all of a sudden we just wanted to implement these strategies. You know, it happens organically and it happens after going through rough patches and it happens when you're kind of learning and growing with each other. And but if you can encourage both the really big things that like actually, you know, they're like the big motivating factors in your life. But you encourage the little things, too, that are silly and fun just because they're supposed to be silly and fun. Then I think you can have a pretty good recipe. I love that. And you have a daughter, which you mentioned. She's adorable. Um, This is actually a listener question that I really liked, but 
a lot of people were just wondering like what values you hope to instill in her as she like grows up in like our current society i love that question uh simply put be be a good person like you just if you're a good open person that is accepting of those around you and you give benefit of the doubt that's really all the boxes that i want for her to check take the high road on as consistent of a basis as humanly possible it's so easy to say something that's like awkward about somebody else or to be able to or have like a negative reaction to things if you take the high road on a consistent basis you know, I would say to be like, kiddo, you're gonna be, you're gonna be more than fine. Like, just yeah. and and you know, obviously, there's some sort of level of work ethic, but like, don't let the work ethic get you down ever. Like, you're in a very difficult, like, she's in a super tough school, and so I'm very cognizant of like how grades might wear on her, even in fourth grade, right? Like, I don't want her to be like that kid that's, oh well, my peers got this or something along those lines. Like, you're gonna be fine. Be comfortable. Be confident. If you are nice and if you take the high road, and I try to explain that in a way that like makes sense to a ten year old, mm-hmm. then then you're gonna be great. And she is. She really is so. so I'm so lucky because she's so chill. I can literally like yell downstairs, like, and I'm in a frantic mess in the morning where I'm like, I've got five minutes because I spent too long doing that voiceover, and yeah. then I went for a walk and I went to the gym because like that had to get in. And I'll yell downstairs and be like, five minutes, kiddo, and and she'd be like, "Okay, Dad," and, and I'll be like, "All right, socks and shoes," and like, and and she can, you know, get up and go make herself a waffle and like do all these yeah. things. <laughs> this morning, Kelly actually, uh, we were talking about this uh, before I came over here. This morning, she made herself a to-do list, and then like went through and had it checked off. Stop. It was like, make my bed, get dressed, eat, brush my teeth, etc. And I thought that Kelly left it out for her or said like, "Hey, write these things down." And so she's walking around. I'm like, you know, and part of the feeling as though you kind of literally flash and go from 20-something to 40-something yeah. is fun. And I would encourage people to do this with their kids where you're not like, oh, I have to behave this way around mm. you because you're my kid. I'll let her just see me who is who I am. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm obviously, like, I'm aware of, like, the things that I say and, like, not yeah. being, you know, uh, awkward. But um, but I will t- turn over times and be like, be like uh, excuse me. Where did you Where did you come from? Yeah, and she's like, "What are you talking about, Dad?" And she, some like at this point, she kind of knows her own going and be like, "You live here? Like, <laughs> what is going on?" And like, I won't say the f word. She'll be like, "What the fuck is going on?" Because yeah. you'll, I'll have those moments where I like turn around and she'll walk over, and she'll have her headphones on because she's you know obsessed with Minecraft and watching you know YouTubers like Preston and stuff. And she'll come over to get a bag of Tostitos, and you know she's very comfortable in her house. And I'm like, and I'm gonna be like the fuck did you come from? Yeah, who like, are yeah, you? This is like, yeah. And she'll just kind of look over at me and she's she's so cute with her little glasses and she'll like put her glasses up and she'll look at me and she'll be like, what? And I'm like, Just do nothing. your thing, girl. Yeah, just do your thing. So That's just so funny. Be nice and take the high road and don't judge people and you'll be totally cool. I love that. Um, so I have a ton of listener questions. A lot of them are about work and career stuff, which I'm mm-hmm. sure you're used to, but I figured might as well ask because I think it is important. But people were wondering, like, if you ever struggle with burnout because you don't make it seem like it is ever burned out. Mm-hmm. But people were curious if you've ever struggled with burnout and, like, how you approach that. I definitely have, without question. I mean, there's a huge era of my life that nobody saw because I mm-hmm. wasn't making TikToks then and it didn't exist, right? So keeping in mind, I'm 45. So like there are huge chunks of my life where I, when I say things are in phases, like I truly believe things are in phases. So dealing with burnout is 
making one of two choices. Is this something that I'm stuck in that I want to get away from? And then therefore, what am I going to do to get away from it? Or am I willing to address it head on and then try to go straight through it? In a lot of cases, I've made probably what's not the best decision of like, I'm just going to go straight through this. Like, I'm just going to plow through whether it's something toxic that I'm trying to combat, whether it's something where I I feel like I'm getting beat up from too many angles. But I think at the core, if you're dealing with burnout, it's because you're in some sort of vicious cycle that you're probably having a difficult time getting out of. And I think you need to ask yourself a very hard question as to what, what, what can I do about this? And in a lot of cases, it's, okay, I need to find something else. All right, so just the small step of what that's going to be. I think people get stuck in the, you know, well, what's the job market like or what's that going to be? Just the simple next step, right? What is the simple yeah. next step that you can take in of changing your LinkedIn profile, of updating your resume, of clicking like, cool, I'm interested in this? Um, because it's also a game of numbers to be able to create change. And so it's either addressing things internally. We're like, okay, this is not a good situation within my workplace. When I, it was like, because my, I used to work for Time Warner Cable. Time Warner Cable got purchased by Charter Communications. Charter Communications is now the larger holding company, gigantic 100,000 person company. Jesus. When the when that first came together, it was awkward as shit because there's like, 40,000 people from over here and 60,000 people from over here. And like, how do you merge those worlds together? And then there's like this other third company that could get brought in. And I remember when, especially as kind of like the younger guy in the room, I'm like, we're all well compensated executives here. Like, why the fuck are we behaving badly? Or like, this is just weird. Like, uh, really? We can't figure this shit out? And so I had two choices. It either accept it or three choices. Accept it, move on to something else or do something about Mm -hmm. it. And so I, you know, volunteer. I'm like, I'll be part of the, you know, company's new beliefs committee. And then I stayed up until God knows what hour every single night until it was done to be the first one back to the table the next day to be like, here's the new language that I think we should use. Yeah. Because I had this vision in my head of like, this is, I'm burning out because of this. I have to now get to this place. And again, I wouldn't necessarily like say other people should go this route road yeah. because it can be exhausting and you might run into a wall. But then I, I saw this vision of being able to point to a poster on the wall and be like, "I'm sorry, did we not, did we not agree to this? That yeah. this is this is the like so cool, like, but this is this is now the lay of the land. Like, this is the way that shit works here. And obviously, like, not in that you know specific of a tone in any given meeting, but um, take care of yourself. If you're in a burnout situation, take care of yourself. And I think the first thing that you can do to take care of yourself is to give yourself time to think." Is this something that I can change? Is this something that I'm willing to fight through? Or what can I do next that will actually change the situation for me most importantly? Mm. And if you're willing to accept that you actually have that control to at least think through those three options, I think you'll have a better peace of mind because then you don't feel like this just owns me. No, we all choose. I chose to go back to those into those meetings when I knew that I was not getting along with my boss. Yeah. I chose to then show back up even when I was miserable and I fucking hated it and wanted to do anything to change. And once I realized like, okay, I'm I'm choosing to be in this situation and it's boring too to be the person that's like, oh, this is getting me down. It's like, okay, that's been three months you've been talking about these things like this way. Like, yeah. um, And then I got comfortable with, okay, it sucks that I now have to go do that much more work to address it, but I chose that specific path. So yeah. give your, take a deep breath, like give yourself a bit of room to breathe and you know, lay out your options and then just do one little step at a time. I love it. 
Speaking of like burnout, negativity, as creators on the internet, like we receive our fair share of criticism in addition to praise. I'm wondering what you think of anyone or of the idea suggesting that the point of view that you share is like hustle culture Mm -hmm. or toxic or like perpetuating bad things. Like what do you make of that? Like what's your response to that? I struggled with this mightily within the past 48 hours because there was a post that was made that was like kind of dissecting who I might be and how I might be doing exactly what you're proposing. And it hit me really, really hard. I guess it was Sunday night. And to a point where like, and I've never done this specifically before, went down the rabbit hole, like reading all the comments and I started to try to respond to them. Uh, And it fucked me up for for a minute where I was like, "This this is difficult. Like I hadn't thought about some of these things. But the more I let it digest, you know, you have to, and I'm sure you've dealt with this, where you have to come back to a balance of just because this is what it says and it ma- is making me feel this way doesn't mean that that's what it actually is. Doesn't mean it's true. Right. And so for me, so it's, I'm in that dangerous space of everybody sees what I do when they see my patterns, but I can't talk about the output, right? So they can then make their own assumptions of, oh, he's blasting out emails to his team at 4 a.m. and like, or he's doing these other things. And that's absolutely not the case. Like yeah. I, as a as somebody who's fortunate to run a large department at a large ass company, my job is to set them up to be successful. I'm fucking up their world if I'm behaving that way as a boss. Yeah. So the hustle culture is not hustle culture. Like, cool, if that's an easy way to label me, fine. I get it, whatever, but that's not who I am. So to your point, being more, being comfortable with, I'm just doing these things. There's a longer backstory to it that I can't really tell right now, but you know, given a different platform, given a different time, maybe I can get a bit deeper into it. But if they're choosing to see that in me, I can't, I can't impact that too much. And yeah. I don't want to change things because I feel like overwhelmingly the feedback has been, I never thought of this environment being quite like this. Yeah. And also going back to the decision piece, I'm choosing to do those things. Yeah. And um, if it comes across that way, it comes across that way. But that's definitely yeah. not my intention. Every happiness above all else. The yeah. number one thing I've got a document that's like, here's your top ten, you know, career tips or however many things I wrote down there. The number one thing is happiness, happiness. above above all else. And like, look. Farmers work their asses off. Yeah. So some people we know that you know some of our favorite artists in the world are like nonstop, right? Yeah. I've always always got. I remember hearing a Drake song once. He was like, you know, working on the weekends like usual. I'm like, most people probably think that's a cool song. Yeah. But if I talk about something like that, people like, oh, you fucking corporate asshole! Like, what are you doing? I'm like, wait a minute. I I get. I understand why at a high level, but I'm like, that kind of sucks. Like, he can talk about it because he's doing these things. I'm doing things too. I'm, I don't have a clothing line. I don't have these other, these other like, you know, really fancy assets to be able to point to, but it doesn't mean I'm not building something. It doesn't mean yeah. I don't have something that I'm proud of. So I don't know. I get a yeah. bit. No, I do as well. And I think it's what I've made peace with is that it's a bit of confirmation bias. So like, I know what's true about myself. Other people have created stories about me, like really insane stories about my relationship and my life and my family nothing I say or do is convincing them out of the story that they have made up. It Mm -hmm. is complete and total fiction. They are now mining for details and everything that I do obsessed 
fan behavior, looking for details that confirm their fake story. Nothing I say or do is going to change their minds. They want to believe that about me. And that's fine because I know the truth about myself. But it's tough to remind yourself when you see a video made about yourself that's like at the end of the day was not created to make you feel good and was also created with the intention that you'd probably see it because of how the algorithm works. It's definitely a bit toxic. You've had to deal with that? Yeah, I think a lot of us, because there's like a canon of 20-somethings in New York creating content, get grouped together often. A lot of them are my dear friends. Mm -hmm. And people don't, a lot of people just don't like the influencer, quote unquote. And I know that's not, definitely not how you would identify because you're not like monetizing your platform in the way that we all do. And I think it's just tough because for a variety of reasons, people don't like an influencer and those reasons are all valid and like mostly rooted in truth. But it's really frustrating when you're just trying to do your best. You're just trying to help people. You're just trying to use your platform for good. And that's not to say that I haven't fucked up before. That's Mm -hmm. like completely valid. But I think it's like when you're trying so hard every single day and people are still creating this like fake narrative about you, it's it's just confirmation bias is what it is. And I think that's exactly what you were just saying of like, if people want to say like you're a hustle culture corporate asshole that they can say that, then they can mine for details like, oh, he's sending emails at 4 a.m., which you're right. not. But you know the truth is that yeah. you're preparing a deck to help your team and you're not sending them an email at 4 right. o'clock in the morning telling them they have to work. Right. Um, but on a happier note, I have like kind of some fun questions that people wanted me to ask. And the first one being, what's the best book you've ever read? Uh, if it's not Catcher in the Rye, which it probably is, it would be something from the Harvard Business Review, How to Be More Human at Work series, which was like happiness, emotional intelligence, um, happiness, uh, mindfulness, self-awareness, authentic leadership. Like it's this little book series. I'm not a big book reader, actually. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm kind of a dumbass in that regard. Like my, <laughs> my brain just slows down to yeah. such a significant degree when I'm reading that it's yeah. it's difficult. Um, but I would say I would say Catcher in the Rye if I had to pick a single book. I love it. Okay. What is the best way to get yourself through a tough long run? Um, well, uh, edibles have certainly helped. Wait. Th- back it up, though. My little brother's girlfriend was like, he takes edibles before he runs. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, 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 no. That's batshit. He doesn't yeah. do that. I go, they're gummy vitamins. She goes, no, yeah. they're not. I go, show me proof. She hunts for the video where you yeah. say it's an edible. I then am like trying to relay this information to other people. They're like, that's not, that's fake. Yep. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, hell? it's, it's a thousand percent true. And like, I'm, I'm trying to get more comfortable with it because it is so odd to so many people, but look, it's legal. Right. So yeah. like, I, I don't need to, and I'm 45 now. So it's no. like, I can kind of be out of the shadows of like, oh my God, what is the, you know, what are my parents going to think? Um, yeah, no, I uh, if if it has to be sativa, right? If it's indica, you're, you're gonna fall asleep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no edibles. I, I I really I do not like running long distances without an edible. It just it helps me. It helps with like the little pain, right? Everyone kind of knows THC, CBD yeah. helps with pain in general. So from an achiness soreness perspective, it helps. From a just spacing out perspective, right? I start to just get. I can go on these train of thoughts and then time can just go by. Yeah. The surroundings can become that much more interesting and engaging. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, this is like, it's beautiful out today. I'm going to stare at the sunset for the next half a mile and just, or sunrise, I should say, and just let that kind of run its course. But it helps tremendously. That, so edibles <laughs> without question, uh, long runs, it's it's a it's kind of a deal breaker for me. Like even the marathon, a thousand percent. Like a, you're kidding? No, me. It, there's not. Dude, okay, 
I'm going to try it um, maybe this weekend because if I took an edible before a day of my life, I would just conk out. It wouldn't, wouldn't be helpful. It'd be, it got to be sativa. Okay. It's got to be sativa. Okay. The, the other point is just breaking it up into phases, right? Like, so when I would do my long runs, I didn't want to know, I didn't want to go home. Meaning I didn't want to have this loop where I'm like, okay, now I've got how lo- oh, much longer that, to, yeah. right. So I would just go get lost basically and like let the mileage wind down itself. And there was a time where I finished at like 34th street. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm hopping on the subway. Yeah. Finished at West, no, I finished at second Avenue once. And like when it was dumping for like the, when that hurricane sat over New York city for like yeah. five or six days in a row and jumped on the train soaking wet after running 20 miles or some, some ungodly number. So, you know, having fun with the two, one of my first long runs actually ran through Grand Central. I'm like, oh, mileage-wise, I can go up to Grand Central, and then I'm running up Park Avenue. I'm like, what if I just ran through it? It's like 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It's stupid, and it's not like you – know, somebody might be like, hey, stop running. So I felt a little awkward. Like I opened the door, and I started – I'm like – uh, there's not a lot of people here. I'm yeah. kind of going to stick up. But I'm like, I'm in Grand Central Station. Like, this S- is so... Sick. Yeah. So just like having having fun with it, um, breaking it up into phases, and really doing it if you actually enjoy it. Like, if it's not fun out there. For, there were years that I didn't run, which is why this year was so jarring for me. Like, I was not running whatsoever until training started. And Kelly was like, all right, so you got nine tomorrow. And I was like, okay, I guess this is really starting. Yeah. And because I basically just did exactly what she told me to do and made sure I didn't screw that up. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say that those are the recipes for running. Wow. Well, I'm learning something new. I'm going to try it. <laughs> okay. Everybody wants to know where you picture yourself in the next five to 10 years. Oh, God. Um, I really don't know. I really don't. And that's the beauty, isn't and it? And that's the beauty. I, I don't I don't know what's going to happen next. And I'm okay with that. Like, I could be in this I could be in this job. been doing this job for almost 10 years now, right? I think of how different I was at 35 now, that I am now. Uh, it's so crazy to think like, you know, I'm going to be 50 before most of y'all are 30. Like that's wild as shit. So anyway, I don't, I don't know. And I don't care. That's nice. I I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm healthy. My family's happy and healthy. As long as my wife and my daughter and I are like in some cool environment that we're good with, that could be a trailer. God knows where doing God knows what that could be in Paris doing something. I've always wanted to live in Amsterdam. I was like a shitload of things that would be cool. And I certainly have plans and vision and I'm trying to be strategic with my time and I'm thoughtful and probably overly uh, strategic, broadly speaking, but it doesn't mean that that's going to happen. So I just try to be super present, right? Like so that all that matters is what I'm doing in that moment and then make the most of that opportunity. That's treated me pretty well so far. So I really don't know, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I like that answer. It's a good one. Okay. What is in that damn salad? <laughs> uh, it is. Um, it's like a double order of greens. Do you want the real list? Yeah. I can call, I is can... it from Sweet Green or Hale and Hardy? It's from Sweet Green. So Hale and Hardy closed. That was so jarring. Wait, it, it closed like done? Oh, yeah, totally done. I worked an internship. My boss was like obsessed with Hale and Hardy and like I would have to get his order every day. I, I was very much obsessed, which is well documented at this point. But uh, when they closed, it was it was devastating. Like, A, I just missed my friend who I would see every oh, single yeah, day. Yeah, Jarrell. Um, you know, I've got a I've got another friend. All right, so here we go. We got shredded cabbage, two portions of raw carrots, hard boiled eggs, spring mix, four portions of cucumber, 
spicy broccoli, three portions of pickled carrots, celery, roasted tofu, tomato, raw beet. The dressing is uh, two halves of a lemon and balsamic vinegar. Okay. So it's basically Damn. a shitload of veggies with a little bit of tofu okay. and one hard-boiled egg. Sounds good. Yeah. I like that. Okay. And it's got it. So for me, it's like I have to be able to just reorder without thinking. Yeah. So you just click reorder. Decision fatigue. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, not to give you decision fatigue, but like imagine that there are no constraints. And I know that you're just going to be like the same beer and the popcorn. Yeah. What is your ideal snack hour? Like no constraints. Like you can have whatever with Kelly for snack hour. Mm-hmm. What is it? No constraints is in though. There's no like repercussions, like uh, calories don't exist or something. Calories don't exist. Like there's no repercussions. And like, yeah. I, like if your favorite snack in the world only exists in like Asia mm-hmm. and you can never have it because you can't go get it, like you can have it. Like yeah. imagine that there's just like no constraints. So I'm going to go with off the top of my head so I don't make this a super long answer. I'm going to go with um, – probably all green everything which is a 10.5 percent beer from mother half it's a brewery that i go to and i'm convinced it's the best beer in the world so i'm gonna have one of those i'm definitely gonna have some popcorn i'm probably gonna stick with my usual like trifecta of popcorn that i, I go with say that. um but to to mix it up for the dessert portion of snack hour because i definitely mix it up in between like there's always something sweet at yeah. the end which is usually just a, like a fit crunch bar these days i will go with a milk um the uh, Momofuku milk bar. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna house some other birthday cakes. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I used to be obsessed with the truffle. Oh, they're uh, so good. Yeah. And Kelly got me one of those birthday cakes for my birthday once. I think I was. It was like seven, eight years ago. And I'm pretty sure I ate at least half of it. Uh, I have no, like the reason why I'm so rigorous, I have no portion control whatsoever. So like a lot of the routine that people see now is only because I learned through a shitload of mistakes. I'm like totally enjoy across the board, but within a way that I know that is repeatable and is not going to be like, oh, this is because I've been there and done that and I'd rather stick in the swim lane. Makes sense. Okay. I love it. Um, And then my last thing is like, while I was, like, looking through all the questions that everyone submitted, and I told you this before we started, but, like, there are just so many women, and, like, I don't want to, like, assume, but I know that my uh, audience, specifically my listeners, are, like, 95% women, um, who just, like, are so inspired by you and, like, love mm-hmm. you, and we're just, like, so freaking excited. It wasn't even, like, I don't have any questions, but I'm so excited mm-hmm. that he's coming on the podcast. This is my favorite podcast. I listen to it. Like, I can't wait. I think that's really special. And I was wondering, like, if you could impart some wisdom or advice onto my community of of my girls, because there's a lot of them and they're all, they're all so incredible. And like every single day I'm like talking on Instagram to like all my followers, which is a really special thing I get to do. And like, I learned so many amazing things about these people. There's just like a beautiful community, but they're mostly women and they're so inspired by you. So I was wondering, what advice would you impart onto a 20 something girl, woman trying to make it happen for herself in this young adult 2022? Amazing question. I'm super thankful that I've got this type of engagement with anybody. Like, it's just so fun across the board. My answer for that specific demo would be take a deep breath, look around the room, digest, like actually digest, be super curious about the people that you're around, work environment, friend environment, etc., and just observe. If you can do that and you can start to build that like side of the self-awareness aspect, you're going to be amazing and you're going to do amazing things. Like I think that there's so much that is, that is empowering just by being observant 
and being genuinely curious about what's going on around you. And it also allows you to take a deep breath and like stop comparing or stop trying to force yourself too much in places that just make you feel awkward or uncomfortable. A lot of my own awkwardness as being an only child and largely an introvert by nature, which might sound weird to people, is by being the one that's usually the most quiet in a lot of meetings, just be to like observe and be curious. Mm. I think if, especially because we need, <laughs> the world has to have strong women, period. And this is something that I would want my daughter to do as well, is to give yourself a shitload of credit, take a deep breath, look around the room and just observe. Don't judge, be curious, but then be aware and then be aware of how fucking amazing you can be just based off of your ability to give yourself that deep breath, look around and be like, okay, cool. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good. I can do this. I love it. Well, thank you so much for that, for all of us and for me. Tell everyone where they can find you if they don't already know. Um, really weird last name and first name too, spelling. Uh, Tim Chisano on TikTok, you know, um, you know, it's, I don't know. It's so weird. Like I'm like, what am I, I have nothing really to sell. I'm on social media. My Tim name with is Tim. Tim with two M's. Yeah, Tim with two M's, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you for Bye, having guys. me. Bye guys. Cheers.